Tonight on the runway, this is kind of freaky, but it's kind of safe, Shay. I've seen you do some really crazy stuff. For me, a unitard with a harness over it and a multicolored jacket with some platforms is not really the craziest you could do. I actually agree with Michelle. Your look is really fun. You could see this in the club. It's just not elevated like the other girls. Let's talk about the comedy challenge. For starters, that red dress was like, what? Oh my God. I would love to borrow it sometime. We could talk about that later. Now for your stand-up, terrific, like such confidence. It was your turf. I was so impressed that you had memorized it, that you didn't have your cards. We talked in rehearsal about your point of view. And your POV right now is working out that loss against Sasha Velour. And when we get to the point where we can laugh about it, it cleanses us of it. By opening up your heart and your vulnerability, we were able to laugh with you. Um, and it was it was really beautiful to see. I know it sounds like a broken record because I feel like whenever there's a great guest on, we say this, oh my God, I hope they come back or can't they just be a permanent guest? At, at this mm. point, it's just kind of like, ugh, you know, whenever there's a great guest, we're just like, oh, I love them. I, Jane Krakowski was a fantastic guest. Oh, yeah. I think uh, she joins the ranks with Rita Rudner and Sherry O'Terry of like funny ladies who come on and are experts in the room. And I think yes. there's just Whoopi something. Goldberg. Of, Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi mm. Goldberg. Exactly. Of just these like smart, funny ladies who. Um, who we want more of. Yeah, they're, they're certainly our brand of guest. Yeah. And the whole, not performance, but it still is a performance because it's on TV, of her having laryngitis also just made me love her even more. You know what I mean? Like, there was something about that nuance of, oh, she also had laryngitis, right? That oh. was just so charming. <laughs> yeah, a woman with a raspy voice. Like, that's <laughs> everything I love. I was like, this... Is a this is great. Um, I I any any time there is a vague Brenda Vaccaro quality, I am uh, my seatbelt is uh, securely fastened for this ride. Yeah, and this moment with her, you know, when she's like, you know, we were able to laugh with you, just kind of continuing on that path. That I think Ross was the one who set it up when Shay was deciding on what she was gonna do a stand up about. Ross was like, girl, like, this is the next step in your healing. You know, I think it mm -hmm. could be the next step in your healing. Not that he named it for her, but, you know, it was kind of like, girl, this is what you should call out. Basically giving her huge road signs to the crown is, mm -hmm. Sasha, this is your story arc. This is why you, were, why you came back, because you should have won, and then you didn't. And then you had all these people with rose petals following you around. Like, we need to see that journey. And I just love that Ross is whispering in her ear, like, come on, girl, you can do this. You can laugh at this. And then Shay does it like a champ and, and brings us there. Whether she's actually there or not is, is important, but I don't think is important for the arc of the show right now because she was able to have a really great set about it. We didn't hear that many jokes about it, but did she did throw us a bone, right? Well, Che is really good at playing the game. And so I think that Che got the hint of like, okay, like regardless of what this has to do with her own personal healing, if this is what they're telling her to do, what people are going to respond to, you know, in terms of the 
the judging of the show and the judging of the challenge, it's like, okay, that's what I need to do. I need to make a joke about what happened at the finale. And I think on a larger level, there is something, especially because it's something that happened on like such a, you know, everyone saw it. Everybody knows about it, that if you can joke about it, you get ahead of everybody else. Um, Mm. And, and I think in terms of like a quote unquote public response to something, it's, um, it diffuses a lot of tension. And I think it ultimately, helps other people move on from it, you know? Agreed, yeah, because there was a rift in the fandom, for sure, because it was out of nowhere that the rules were changed, you know, on season nine, if you remember. Oh, sure, yeah, this, oh, sure. The lip-syncing yeah. contest, right? And all the people were like, what? Shay was supposed to win. This doesn't count. This doesn't count, you know? Because Sasha had, you know, joint wins with Shay and all of that conversation. And I feel like Shay coming on here and not only proving that, you know, she's doing really well, but that she can laugh about it. It it when Ross said it cleanses us, I think it all was also kind of cleansing this tension, as you were saying, in the fandom, right? Even then as fans. Like we were able to laugh with you. Like, yeah, so what? She lost. Who cares? You know, let's laugh yeah. about it. She you know, and so many other queens have lost on this show. You join the ranks of hundreds of queens who lost on Drag Race. Yes. You know? Right. Um, and and lost epically and beautifully. Right. Yeah. Well, also, it's like that does bring up an interesting point. It's like so much of this. And again, I come at this entirely subjective because I think Sasha Valore is one of the greatest queens to come out of this series. And that was one of the like uh, just such a, an iconic moment of the series. So I'm very much attached to it. But it's an interesting point that this is, in some ways, the goopery of this was less about the, the fact that Sasha Valor figured out how to do an epic lip sync and more about the fact that the rules changed. You know, like, it it's so interesting that it's so much tied back to, well, then Sasha revealed the roses. It's like, no, the show changed the rules. <laughs> like, that's what happened. Like, yeah. Sasha just did what she was supposed to do, which is win the lip sync. Like, yeah, and, you and know? win it well, right? And win, win it, it well. well, like, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. So she changed the game for wig know? reveals. Yes. She did. And I just, I, it's just an interesting nuance of like the goopery. Sasha didn't do anything wrong. She didn't throw any beads on the floor. She just <laughs> won the fucking lip sync. Yeah. Right. Right. And what I love about this idea that they're kind of showing with Shay here is feelings aren't necessarily facts, right? This idea that. Shay lost and she felt disappointed it doesn't that doesn't have to consume her her disappointment doesn't have to consume her she can reframe the narrative to be like oh I lost yes because Sasha won right instead Mm -hmm. of I'm not good enough I wasn't good enough it's like no Sasha was great and I was disappointed and then I came back and I was able to fucking laugh about it because who cares? Here I am. I'm still standing. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of love that idea that was promoted here. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think that that's kind of using the All-Stars platform well. You know, we talked about like when the queens come back to All-Stars, like what's the narrative? What, do they have something to prove? Do they have some kind of glow up to show? Or do they want to have a whole new identity in, in people's minds? And, you know, I think of someone like Roxy Andrews who came back and just changed her reputation. Granted, <clears throat> in some ways, people saw her as, you know, the queen who stuck around to the end, even though she was in the bottom every week. But people didn't have the same, like, you know, avid hatred for her for being mm. a, a quote unquote nasty person. Um, and so I think with Shay, it's like, well, we already all knew that she was like a really strong queen and um, she killed her season. And then 
the rules changed. And because of that, one lip sync changed everything. And so, like, I kind of feel like Shay coming back for All Stars, it's like, okay, well, I expected you to do well. And I expected you to be great TV because you were on season nine. So the only real difference is, like, well, this time you're going to, like, hopefully win. You know, like, they, you know what I mean? Like, I think Shay didn't really have to kind of come back and tell a different story about herself or prove anything. She just had to kind of use this as a second opportunity to win. Yes. And, I think also in what Ross is saying is like, yes, look back on it and then laugh at it and say, ha, the joke's on you, actually, because Mm -hmm. I came back and I actually survived that. Right. Um, I it would shock me if Shay did not win this season. And that's why I wanted to pick this kind of clip of the week, not just for Jane Krakowski, which we still have to talk about how fucking amazing she is. But the the idea that Shay because of this storyline, because of this moment here that they promoted so highly and that they showed this part of her set, right? There is no, there's no, I can't conceive of Jujube or Miss Cracker winning. I can't. Yeah. It's a shame that Shay's runway wasn't as strong because it would have made sense for her to win this week. Mm -hmm. I could Um, have seen that. I could have seen that. There was no way that Cracker was losing though. I mean, there was like Cracker towered over Shay and not to mention and sorry I'm kind of burying the lead here but uh I I didn't think any of the queens did that well well <laughs> yeah challenge. I I didn't there were no guffaws yeah mm. um but I think that I I think I enjoyed Shay's performance more than Crackers if I'm going to be honest really but I, yeah I mean I I don't remember if this was the main episode or nuance or whatever last week but I I think um I have an example of it we can get to when we talk about Cracker's performance, where it's just like, okay. like, th- like here's, and th- and it's all subjective. Comedy is totally subjective. So like, I'm just one opinion. But like, there's the version of a certain joke she did that I thought would be really funny, and then there's how she did it. So mm, things like that. Okay, yeah, we'll certainly talk about those segments. I mean, as far as Jane Gurkowski goes, I mean, uh, the fact that she wear wore that music note top. Like a music oh. teacher, right? That the camp of music teachers. I don't. I mean, I was a music teacher for years, so I understand. Like, people would give me these keyboard ties, and you know, all of these like clothes that music teachers would wear. Like, right? Like the the music teacher down the hall wears those cute little treble clef earrings. And, I was just you know, gonna say it, treble clef <laughs> earrings. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yes. I mean, it's just such camp. And I think I just think she totally gets it. And I don't know if you know her. Did you see the interview? I think it was with Seth Meyers, her drag race, kind of how she started knowing about drag race. No, I have not seen that. So I guess her son came out like with a dress on, like out of some room or whatever, and like struts down a a, a, a runway of sorts in his mind. And then he gets to the end of the runway and he says, fashion, right? And she's just like, oh, my God, this is adorable. You know, what, 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 where did you learn this? And he's like, right. oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. And so that's how she knows about RuPaul's Drag Race because of her, her young son, I guess. And wow. I just I love that little story. Um, I thought that her joke in the beginning um, with the white of the blonde drag queen cross the road because she's a whore. Uh, she's very, very good. That's yeah, all. <laughs> she's, yeah. I, I think that she's, I mostly know her from 30 rock. I mean, I know she's on Broadway. Like I know that she's, she's got quite the, 
um, the resume, but I knew her most consistently from Thirty Rock, mm. and it's. And it's interesting because, like, when it's such an indelible performance, it's the kind of performance where you're like, oh, you're not like that. Oh, um, because she just completely disappears into that character. And uh, and it's such a draggy character of Jenna on the on 30 Rock that mm. um, that there is. It's funny because, like, there's there's elements of the way that she plays Jenna that it's very similar to how we talk about RuPaul, where it's like you can she's playing a, a quote-unquote false note, but she's playing it correctly. Like, she's in on it. She knows that she's playing a false note. She knows she's playing camp. And mm. I think uh, it made sense for her to be on this because I feel like she um, she has a, she can find that sort of draggy quality to her performance where there's kind of always a, a wink in her eye, you know? Yeah, and just the idea of her following Blair on Instagram I thought was so adorable. Right. That she that mm -hmm. that's the type of drag that she's like, wow. Right. Because it's this gorgeous aesthetic and, uh, you know, her, uh, her 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 wanting them to do well, you know, like all of them wanted to do like I just feel like she was us in a way where she just wanted them all to do well. Mm -hmm. uh, there was this mom energy to her. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, this is she was not there to challenge them or to throw them off, but was just there to like cheer for them i mean it's uh yeah i i love when the guest judges get kind of like where you can see their fans and they get kind of attached to the queens um mm. versus like you know like when a todrick shows up <laughs> right right where i guess like, we'll see next week you know yeah oh that's right that's very true it's very yeah. true uh it's very funny it's very funny Thanks, um yeah. So uh, let's talk about this episode. I think we have some things to work out. But before we do, tell our Marys what they're listening to. Well, they are, of course, listening to another episode of All Right, Mary. All right, Mary. Hi, Mary. Which is, of course, our podcast dedicated to uh, Drag Race, the world of Drag Race, and the paradigm created with this beady beady little TV show. I'm Johnny, and I love you too, man hands. And I'm Colin, and... I just wish one of these queens would make me fucking laugh. <laughs> um, but, you know, oh. what can you do? But what can you do? Um, well, you know, as Blair St. Clair says, you know, they were at a full gallop. Yeah. A full gallop. To the full gallop. It's like, that is. That, that Go is on, girl. Give us nothing. Yeah, right. That's, give us horse girl realness over here. <laughs> Girl, yeah. You know, I gotta say, like, there's this energy at the beginning of this episode where it's like Cracker, Juju, Shay, and then I just feel like they're all looking around, like, mm -hmm. okay, so it's Blair, right? Yeah. Like, th like they're right. all the ants knowing that they have to put the kid to bed soon. Right. Well, it's like it's like when Juju was like, "Well, no one's counting you out. You're in the top four. It's like Juju, you're being like <laughs> sweet Aunt Juju, but like, yeah, you know you are. But like, that's very nice of you. And and when Shay's like, "Well, yeah, I mean, I just like I just want to see what more you can, what more you're gonna bring." I'm like, when? Well, we're, we're running out of time, sweetheart. Like, yeah. What about this? <laughs> what about this? What about when? What about then? <laughs> But tomorrow, yeah. It, yeah. I, I mean, I, when when Juju said, "I wanted to talk about this," I, I don't know if we've talked about this enough, so I want to bring it up again. But when Juju brings back the, you know, Blair could just go out there and win with the. Oh yeah! Don't give away my secrets. Like uh, RuPaul gave Blair St. Clair a gift, Mary. Yeah, a gift. Now Blair has that thing. She has True. that thing that she now people that are going to go to the meet and greets and do that with her, like. 
it's a thing now. And it's the smartest thing. Gift. The smartest thing she did this season was make that her exit because mm. it's just like it, it's and it, it's funny. It's kind of like we were talking about in kind of Act One of the things that you have to kind of embrace and laugh at and own, and then they become yours to kind of. Like you then own the copyright of that joke in a way. You then own mm. the narrative of that joke, you know. And so, um, even if that was something where she felt like, "Oh, I wasn't trying to be funny back in season ten, and now you've made a joke of it," she got the hint, like, "Okay, oh great, I'll, I'll laugh at it too, no problem," you know. Right, right. You know, the thing with Blair is that I, I, I love her dearly. I think that she's this sweet little goose. Obviously, I don't know her personally, uh, but. The way she's coming off on the show just seems uh, it. It reminds me of what she says she is that she's a theater queen, and you know she oh, says it. She's yeah. like, I think you underestimate me, Cracker, and it's like, well, girl. It again. I'll go back to this. I said this last week. It's like, it's like Sasha Velour laughing in Alexis's face. It's like, mm-hmm. no, that's actually not it, Blair. And the fact that she says, "Oh, I'm a theater queen," they don't know that. Like, uh, I. I I'm going to do well in this challenge because I'm a theater queen. And I'm sorry, we know theater queens. It just doesn't equal funny or being able to do stand-up. And it reminds me of so many theater queens that are, theater queens, theater kids, I'll say, that are given a false sense of pride and validation constantly. Like even on Broadway, the worst shows will usually get a standing ovation from the audience. The worst shows. The, The worst show that I have ever been to and maybe you can think of the worst one you've ever been mm. to because the worst one I've ever been to was called Escape to Margaritaville. Don't Ugh. write me letters, but that I had to go see that show for work. I would have left after the first act, but I didn't because I had to stay. And it was so bad. And that still got a standing ovation. That's the Mike... Michael Malley musical. <laughs> is that where they all had to keep their hands on the car so they could win the car? No, no, that's okay. hands on a hard body, which is actually oh. not a bad show. <laughs> okay, that that title makes more sense. I was like, well, this—if you all keep your hand on the car, no one's escaping. Hopefully, they're bringing the margaritas to you. Um, oh, okay. I vaguely no, remember this was when that all came out. Of, um, all of uh, now. Oh God, I'm gonna get red for fucking filth. Escape to Margaritaville. Is, I can't uh, imagine there's anyone out there who's a diehard Escape to Margarita. Jimmy Buffett fan who's also an oh, all right Mary Buffett. listener. Yes, yeah. yes. It's it, it was a uh, a story stitched together through Jimmy Buffett songs, and it was so bad, Mary. It was yeah. so bad, and yet it still got a standing ovation. And so again, and this happens with theater kids all the time. They're like, oh my God, yay. And it's like, okay, I love that we're giving them validation because these freaks and weirdos myself included we needed it at the time right we absolutely Mm -hmm. needed it at the time but it was a false sense of pride there there were some kids most kids that maybe needed to do tech oh yeah like like maybe maybe you should just be back here being the props master's assistant yeah right Um, and so and so i don't mean to say that that blair st Clair is the tech kid, because absolutely not. Blair needs to be on stage. What I'm saying is that I think that Blair, by saying, oh, I'm a theater queen, I got this. It's like, no, 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 no. No. You were given a false sense of security by Jane and Ross, and then you became kind of too, kind of, you were too confident about this. And then she she fell apart. 
Yeah, I I was surprised. I mean, of course, this is all, you know, editing as well, was to see how well her rehearsal went, especially, like, when some of those jokes were definitely clunk-a-dunk. Um, just to answer your earlier question of the worst show I had ever seen mm, yes. on Broadway, I, I know that there were definitely worse, but in terms of, like, recent, like, God, I just want to leave this fucking theater, um was I mean I wish it was like a quirky fun musical but it was King Lear with Glenda Jackson <laughs> I mean from go to woe what a fucking waste of time that was I think Glenda Jackson was sick that night so they got Charlie Brown's teacher to sub in it was just like wah wah wah, wah and thunder oh, I just oh, and God. and the staging was ridiculous because yeah there were areas of the stage you couldn't see if you were sitting in decent seats so it was mm. like really I mean, not good. So anyway, uh, <laughs> come for me, Lear fans. Come for me. Um, uh, it's <laughs> those Shakespearean gays that are yeah. going to be like, I love Shakespeare. Yeah. It's like, okay, I know you love Shakespeare. Yeah. And... <laughs> yeah, and that was that production needed super titles. That production needed a lot. Um, but um, I, the other thing I want to say while we're not only has Blair been described as uh, well, self-described as a theater queen. Um, I think it's finally worth at least questioning this idea of like, well, the future of drag, like what the fuck does that mean? I don't see Blair as the future of drag because I think she's doing uh, something gorgeous and that, you know, glamor Queens have been doing for a while. Um, so maybe I'm just not that familiar with what Blair is doing, um, I know she's doing the singing stuff. I know that when she paints that it's gorgeous and that she comes up with these really, really great looks. Uh, I know that she's super talented at that. But yeah, you're right. I don't know what the future of drag means. It's, it, it sounds like it sounds like the phrase, oh, an all-star believes in herself. Oh, right. I'm the future of drag. It's like, the future okay. of drag. Okay. I remember it's when like Sharon Needles proclaim that at the end of like the go back to party city where you belong fight she's like i'm the future of drag the future and you know in a way i could kind of see a little bit of her point of like you know i'm uh, kind of changing the mold and i know we can't talk positively about sharon needles these days so save the tweets but like in the time at the place that concept of her being um at least in the drag race lens being like oh here mm -hmm. is uh, a new kind of drag it made sense i feel like with blair it's like well and bob and monet talked about this on the pit stop and monet made a really good point and she said you know people talk about like oh the future of drag like her point of view is like oh does this mean like drag that's more fashion forward and she's like you know and i get that but when people say that with the implication that the future of drag means like it's more fashion forward, it's kind of negating the importance of like the pageant drag, the Alexis Mateo drag. And she's like, mm. we shouldn't be like moving on from that. We should be continuing to celebrate that because that's a huge part of drag. Like that should be a part of the future of drag is this like, you know, over the top pageant drag. And so I thought that was like a really good point that like, the future of drag often implies, well, it's just more fashion-y. And it also implies mm -hmm. that other more, like, established forms of drag are, like, less valid in some way. And to be honest with you, when I think of the future of drag, I don't think of uh, even, like, lethal or pageant. I think of 
many many different forms like like really fucking with gender i think of you know an evie oddly type of aesthetic uh Mm -hmm. backyard drag i think of it being more accessible i think of it being more conceptual um i don't think of it as kind of staying in one lane i mean the future of drag is that oh there's many ways to enter right yeah the future of drag i think it's like Yavska from Dragula season mm. three. That's the future of drag if you want to have that conversation. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it's it's that. It's like all these different interpretations that, you know, I guess ideally, I mean, you know, uh, this may be a little sunshine and rainbows, but ideally the future of drag is like all forms of drag. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the future of drag is that nobody says you're the future of drag. Right, right. right. <laughs> Nobody's ahead in the race because it isn't actually a race. It's just a TV show. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> that's right. Uh, it's a gallop. <laughs> yeah. It's a, oh, it's a gallop. Um, you know, and uh, so going back to Blair St. Blair St. Clair uh, during her practice with Jane, I still get like the gay kid from Full House meets Mary Martin. Oh yeah, he's definitely uh Blake McIver. Is that his Blake McIver? Is that oh his name? sure, sure. That's sure, such a sure. like <laughs> if that's your name, I don't you you came out a bottom. I mean, uh, let me look it up to make sure I'm not just I but but I yes. do have to say in that moment when Blair was, you know, uh, talking about comedy not being her sixth sense and I was like, "Oh my god, you just you just said the sixth sense, and now I think of Haley Joel Osment. Anyway. Right. And uh, I see you, and I think of Haley Joel Osment. Yeah. I see drag queens. Um, no, I uh, I did kind of love this little moment with Blair. I was like, oh, like I kind of want this sweetness where you're, you know, where you're just kind of really excited. Fast forward to her performance. Like, Mary, I, I couldn't watch this. Yeah. Oh, it got, it was like... It was it was mean and but it was also like misguided meanness. I was like, why you wait? Why are you coming for Sam and his asshole? What do we do? Like, <laughs> leave Sam's asshole alone. Like that's not like you don't know him. Hey, Marys, let's talk about therapy for a minute. I could honestly talk about therapy all day. Same. I think anyone could benefit from seeing a therapist. Totally. I also think it's very easy to talk yourself out of seeing a therapist, deciding it's too expensive or too hard to find a therapist. Or just not wanting to have to go to the doctor's office every week. Especially now when it might not feel safe to even go outside. Which is why we're big fans of BetterHelp, and that's H-E-L-P. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed professional therapist safely and privately. You can be matched with someone within 24 hours. You don't need to leave the couch. And it's super easy to schedule weekly phone or video sessions. Plus, you can send a message to your counselor anytime and expect a timely and thoughtful response. And if you want to change counselors for any reason, it's both free and easy. BetterHelp is available worldwide, and their counselors are licensed and trained in everything from depression and anxiety to grief, relationships, sleep, self-esteem, and more. There are so many people using BetterHelp right now, they've recruited more counselors in all 50 states. And no surprise, it's more affordable than traditional in-person talk therapy. And on top of that, there's even financial aid available if you need. 
Marys, if you're interested in trying BetterHelp, get 10% off your first month by going to betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. That's H-E-L-P. That's right. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. That's betterhelp.com slash allrightmary. And that's H-E-L-P. All right, Mary. All right, Mary. So let's one one question that kind of jumped out to me early on is when they were talking about voting out Alexis. Um, I have two questions about this. One, <clears throat> Shay does admit that in a way uh, she did vote Alexis out as a means of self-preservation. And I I think that there is probably a way that you could look at it that wasn't that kind of what Alexis was accused of doing but potentially to Shay <laughs> was voting her out for self-preservation in the competition. So that's my first question. My second question is say this episode Blair went home and Alexis stayed last week. And so we had Alexis, Shay, Cracker and um, Jujubee. Even with that top four, I, do you feel like Alexis could have made top three? No. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. The, the top mm -hmm. three is very clear. I'm so happy that Cracker had the week that she had. I was gagged by her runway, and it was really nice to see just a confident person in a challenge. <laughs> um, so she just like she won it for me there, and I was like, okay, even if I didn't think she should have won last week, and that it should have been Juju B. I'm glad that the comedy challenge, we got Cracker doing what Cracker does and that she just kind of proved it. I, you know, Cracker has been fine all season. And I, we got a really interesting email from a Mary about Cracker that I think was great. Just kind of standing up for why Cracker's in the competition, how she just belongs here. Um, and, and I thought there were points were made and I think it's fine. Um, and I, I'm kind of happy that Cracker's in the top three. It makes sense to me that she would be. Um, she made it close before. With Alexis, sure, she could have been in the top three, but w against these three, Mary? No. Well, that's what I'm thinking is, like, even if Alexis wasn't sent home last week, she would have been sent home this week, and, and there is something about being the last queen eliminated. Like, it is kind of a bummer, and I think when it's a case like this where it's like, well, Blair, I mean, I think it's kind of fair fair st Clair, that you would go home um it doesn't it doesn't hurt as much as if alexis was sent home this week where it's like oh alexis you got so close you know um so it kind of in a way for me like it uh, <clears throat> it kind of absolves any feelings like of disappointment about alexis going home last week because it's like well i'd rather her go home last week than this week you know interesting interesting that's yeah yes i mean to be honest with you i for her to go home in that look last week, like you want to go home robbed, right? Yeah. You do. Yeah. You do want to go home a little robbed. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I and I think it's also in terms of the the narrative of like, you know, India, you know, potentially, you know, stirring all this shit up that's not true about her conspiring. Like it it's an interesting addition to that narrative that, you know, Alexis was telling the truth. And then she was sent home looking great, a little bit robbed. Like, I think, yeah, all of that um, is a better way to come out of the season than getting to the top four and then it being like, oh, sorry, Alexis, but, you know, all four were strong, but you had to go. Like, that's, I think, a little bit harder of a pill to swallow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I hear that. I hear that. I think if it came down to it, 
if Alexis stayed, it would have been between Jujube and Alexis. They would have um, made that edit somehow, mm. or maybe even maybe well, actually maybe it would have been Shay versus Alexis um, mm. because of that conflict that was there. But uh, yeah. Mm. I mean, in an alternate universe, I could have seen if Shay's runway was stronger, I could have seen a world where Shay Coulee won this week, and then it was like, ooh, what's she going to do? Is she going to send home Alexis? You know, is she now going to, like, send home Alexis, mm-hmm. or will she send home, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can, even at that point, though, honestly, even then, Alexis still would have had no wins compared to the other queens. Like, no matter what, Alexis was never going to get to the top three at this point. Right. I Yeah, it sounds – it's so funny because on the episode they're like, oh, it's not fair to go on wins, and yet, yes, it is. I mean, I don't think that we should be counting wins because this is All-Stars, and at the end of the day they don't really matter. Like, honestly, Snatch Game could have gone to Juju B. The SheMZ could have gone to Juju B. Like, there was only mm. one winner, whereas last season there were two. Like, you know, for each challenge. I, it, I I'm not counting that at all. So even if Blair – went on i would have been like yeah it doesn't matter how many wins she had this is all stars it really just doesn't matter um i I, I mean i think it matters a little more like i think i feel like if blair were to get to the end and then were to win like you wouldn't feel like well that's bullshit you know what i mean right yeah Um, but i do think the fact that there were only one there was only one winner every week um that means that there was a lot less there were a lot less opportunities for jujubee to be recognized as the as in the top as well you know mm-hmm. and i and i think snatch game is a perfect example of that you know like it was it was very clearly both of them were shay and juju were in the top yes yes that uh, for sure and again i just don't see a season where shay isn't winning i yeah i, I, I will be gagged if they give it to cracker or juju i will be shocked i won't be upset because obviously like it just doesn't matter but I, it's like like the way that they're setting this up, the way that Shay is portrayed in the workroom, the way that she has just kind of carried herself this whole season. It just makes sense that Juju B is there because she is phenomenal and great TV, and that she doesn't need to win, right? Like mm-hmm. the story for Shay to win is what is going to warm us more. Well, yeah, and it's like remembering that this entire season was edited, knowing the ending. <laughs> True. R- True. Right, like, like the producers knew, or the editors knew in episode one and two that we were going to get to this point, point. and so everything is edited to have a narrative that follows that. And so, mm-hmm. um, absolutely, I think, and you could probably look at, I think you could look at All Stars two and look at Alaska the same way with the same kind of narrative. Um, whereas I think you know All Stars three definitely. All-Stars 3, when I think about it now, I haven't rewatched that season in a while, but you got to give it to All-Stars 3. Like, there were there were surprises. There were definitely, like, you, you couldn't watch All-Stars 3 and have a very clear idea of who was going to win. I, I totally agree, you know, and that reminds me of something that I thought about at the end of this episode, because there was a part of me when Ms. Cracker was going to reveal who she picked, where I was like, oh my God, wouldn't it be insane if she picks Shay now, right? Wouldn't that be, oh my God. But we, I already know, like while I do like goops and gags and twists and turns, at the end of the day, 
I also wouldn't want Shay to go home. I wouldn't want Blair to continue for Shay to go home, right? Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want that at all. And so it just goes to show you that there actually is no pleasing the fans when it comes to who goes home and, and the edit and things. And because, mm. yeah, you're right. There were many gags in season three, and I think people were kind of turned off by that. And then the gag of the double crowning last season, it uh-huh. seems to me like when you look back at this entire season of All Stars 5, there were no surprises, Mary. No. Nobody did anything crazy. Absolutely not. I I would I would not be surprised, and this is conspiracy theorist, Mary. I have no facts for this, but I would not be surprised if they were instructed to not have any twists and turns like a Naomi. I mean, I don't I I always think about it in the lens of like, you know, there is once these episodes air, these queens then have to, you know, deal with backlash and have to deal with like, mm-hmm. you know, their reputations being, you know, sullied and shit like that. And I think that if this was just a straightforward competition where that wasn't a factor, Cracker would have been a fool to not vote off Shay right now. Right. Right. Like that's totally. how you should play the game. And that's yes. what I would have done if it, if it was just an isolated competition and I got to the end and I knew that I had someone who was a much weaker competitor and someone who was a strong competitor but I still had more wins on and then there was the kind of fan favorite. I I would have who was like, you know, set up to win. I would have voted Shay off right then and there. That would have been the smartest move. But mm. they can't really play the game. No. <laughs> Because it's so much more than the game. And so Uh, it's kind of a disappointment because I hear you. I wouldn't want it to happen. But, oh, the the tucked balls to do that would just uh, be. I mean, I have to imagine that shit like that happens on Survivor a lot. Oh, my God. Blind sides all the time. Yes. Yes. So, I mean, why? Why do you think that? contestants are more willing to do it on survivor even though there is a a voracious fan base for that as well why is it that they're less toxic like why are folks more willing to blindside on survivor the two reasons number one it's a million dollars mary that's a good point yeah okay and then number two which i think is also equally important the jury at the end while you do have to please them Many of them are impressed by big power moves because they're always asking you, how did you outwit? How did you outplay? And how did you outlast your competitors? Like those are the final questions for juries to think about when they select the final winner. And so if you send home your biggest competitor, like that is outwitting them. That is like, nope, I managed to get everybody to vote you out because I'm smarter than you. Yeah, I mean, that that makes sense. It's right. Like there's more of a an appreciation for the gameplay. I also think yes. like that's how survivors always been. And this yes. is a relatively new concept for drag race. And so, uh, you know, bloodthirsty fans are like, no, this is still a meritocracy, you know? And, um, <laughs> and so I feel like, yeah. And also drag race fans are, some of them are just insane. Um, yeah. I mean, there, there are definitely insane survivor fans for sure, but, uh, in more, more so in recent years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's I that's the one thing I would have. I, I I know that Cracker because Cracker's always thinking and she's thinking, oh, I do not need to. I do not need to, you know, experience that awful night in July of 2020 when this episode airs and I pick Chase lipstick lipstick and then, you know, uh, the mobs just come for me like they have to be thinking of that the whole time. 
there's certainly a part of that. I can only mm-hmm. imagine that the kindness that we've seen. Yes. They're, mm-hmm. they're, I, 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 it would be insane if they sent Shay home. I, I, just, I yeah. think that they all know as contestants, they're like, oh, we, you know, we, she is amazing, right? Let's protect mm-hmm. this queen. Let's help this queen get to the end, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I see that. Yeah. And it's a shame. I think it kind of, you know, people talk about earlier seasons and how, like, you know, the queens were more outwardly bitchy and, and whatnot. And, like, there's pros and cons to that. But I think, obviously, I'm all for, like, you know, kind media and people being kind. But, oh, but I prefer it because people actually want to be kind, not because they're afraid of backlash, you know? Like, it, it's it sort of like neuters the West. show a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If someone's just being... Like, I always think about Trinity Taylor. She's a great example because she follows the, the credo of, like, I want to compete against the best here. And so, like, I'm here to win because I busted my ass and I was up against the best. And I think that's a great motto that, uh, you know, keeps her out of trouble. And But I think it's like, okay, I respect that. Then you're not going to eliminate the strongest competition because you have the opportunity to because you want to go against them and beat them because then the win matters more that's i love that but when it's like oh i can't vote off shay because everyone on twitter is going to hate me well it's like well well then you're not really being kind you're just this is just self-preservation you know Mm, i see the nuance there for sure yeah yeah Yeah, i don't know if that's the, the case here i mean it is a lot of money so i hope that they aren't necessarily doing that but it is a very real thing it is definitely a real thing to think about that fourth wall and who's mm. watching, right? Um, I think that even the producers know that. Um, but yeah. I do want to talk uh, about this comedy challenge because we didn't really get to talk about Jujubee, Cracker, which I know you have thoughts, and Shay. I, I want to start off this conversation, first of all, with something you might be able to speak to. Shay's an Aquarius? Like, I did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, I I was very happy about that. I'm always happy to find, you know, a fellow water baby, um, even though it's technically an air sign. Uh, I, yeah, I I find Shay to be uh, surprisingly grounded for an Aquarius, so that's nice. I was like, yeah, I was like, what is she? I, I kind of thought she was something else, like, like cancer, right? Like yeah, uh, cancer. Yeah, what's wrong with the crab? Yeah, um, she's got some Leo energy. She's she's got sort of a grounded, yeah, especially in in the. If we're gonna play that astrology game, she's such a Leo in the room. She's such like a stable energy in the room, you know. Mm. Uh, that's right. You I, you are an Aquarius, of course. Yes, yeah. you would see you would see how Shay is not. How is Shay an Aquarius though? Uh, I. Don't know. I mean, the whole thing of an Aquarius is like, as far as I understand it, it's very much, it's a bit of a, you know, you march to the beat of your own drum a little bit. Mm, free you know, spirit. You, yeah, mm-hmm. you kind of dance to your own beat or, you know, tap the table with the ants to your own beat. Uh, it's, it's. I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I don't know how Shay would be an Aquarius. I don't know what her rising moon is. Mm, <laughs> yeah, you don't know her. You don't know her like that. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know my chart. Yeah. So, uh, charts don't scare me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Rising moons don't scare me. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, uh, I did enjoy her, uh, her bit. I thought, I mean, obviously she looked great. She, you know, oh my was God. great. That hair, she looked awesome. Uh. Um, she had a fisting joke. So, I yeah, mean, maybe... that was probably the best joke. Mm-hmm. And I think her delivery on the like about the about therapy and I was wrong 
It's also for black people with money. Like she she found the right delivery for that, even though you kind of knew the punchline was coming, you know? Mm, yeah, I, the jokes were fine. I didn't, again, and I'm not saying this just about Che, this goes for all four of them. I, I just wasn't that impressed. Mm-hmm. I wasn't it, that yeah. impressed. It's yeah. not like, you know, the uh, RuPaul's roast in season five. No. I mean, there's other, mm-hmm. yeah, there's other obviously much more impactful stand-up or, you know, comedy challenges. Um, so in terms of Cracker, uh, so here's the example of like where I was like, oh, there's a version of this that I find funnier. I... I liked when she started setting up like because I know what body shaming can do. And I just thought the tagline of it works would have been a lot funnier than then that like, like, OK, like louder doesn't mean funnier. You know, like mm. she just she kind of goes on and does a lah, lah, kind of thing. And it's just like, OK, talk about being a theater kid. It's like, you know bring it down to the orchestra girl and it's just i think that's where i kind of go off the cracker bandwagon is like you got to know when to put a period on the joke you know yes yes i hear you i think when you're in the room with cracker it's the energy that she's giving the confidence that she's giving that allows you to be really relaxed and to laugh at a joke like that i will say if you were to play anybody in this episode you would play the woman nodding at in the audience when she brings up body shaming oh i don't remember her but oh you uh, don't oh no, no. <laughs> is she older is this... no she just like he he she brings up body shaming and then they cut to this woman with glasses in the audience and she just kind of nods and oh. i'm like oh that's that's colin <laughs> oh, no, oh, body shaming yeah i know about that yeah you know i didn't mind that joke i i thought the you know, drag queens are supposed to look beautiful in their makeup, but look at Juju. Like some of those jokes were kind of basic. I loved, I laughed out loud at the, I'm like Shea Coulee's music. Cause nobody listens to me. I was like, that is, that is a great dig. <laughs> yeah. That was clever. It was, I, I feel like, but there's a good example, right? Like she didn't, she didn't like lean on the punchline. She just presented it, you know? And I think, I see. um, Sometimes the exclamation points can just be distracting. So, um, yeah, I mean, I understand why she won. <clears throat> I think that, again, I think that if Shay had a better runway, they could have edited this for her to have won because it would have made mm, sense mm-hmm. with the narrative of the episode, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, Shay's, oh, God, I just didn't like the shoes. Uh, what what made me like the shoes was that Jane Krakowski said the heels have eyes. That's why I liked Shay's look. Otherwise, oh, yeah. the makeup was cool, you know? Yeah, it was it was kind of like a Technicolor Rick James situation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm, and, and Cracker, I thought, totally won. Um, I, I like the reveal. I like the, the sexy woman, the post-apocalyptic thing underneath um so yeah well, for me that kind of won i mean runway wise i totally love juju's the most i mean oh, i thought I that know. was just I like because I, uh. I yeah i think it i think the thing with crackers i didn't love is like once she did the reveal i was like oh okay it's a little it, now it's a little pared down you know you came out and it's like this huge look and now it's just it's pared down and it's spooky makeup and a pot and a bodysuit whereas like Juju's was just like always at this vivacious level you know there was no taking anything off you know <laughs> not cracker calling her vivacious oh I that was great that. <laughs> yeah and her not missing a beat and responding yes. that's yes yeah. I know I know I yeah. know um you know I love Juju's because it was conceptual and, and yeah. I know this is very all right Mary of me but like 
you know, when she took her mask off, emotions behind the monster, you know, having a broken heart. I was like, this is, she really thought about this freak that, you know, we're all judging. And then meanwhile, like crying underneath. Like, I love that. Um, yeah. And, and she had that cute little confessional moment of the shoes are 10 inches and I can only take seven. Yeah. On a, on good, a day. good day. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that like as a queen that we don't really like, you know, as a pizza queen who we don't really care what she looks like on the runway, I was like, oh, this is like for the pizza queen to have the best yeah. look on the runway. All right. Yeah. Like, yeah, she did it. Mm-hmm. Well done, pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Blair's look. You know what Blair's look? It reminded me of like when you kind of fuck with a coloring book and you just start like drawing designs and you scribble mm. over a face and it yes. just gave me that like it just it was kind of a you know a child with rage problems coloring. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that Lifetime movie, Child of Rage? Oh, uh, I probably have. I know of it. Yeah. Oh my god! It ends with the therapist just like. Hugging this screaming little girl. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. This, like, little toddler tries to murder her parents. Like, oh, my God. Child of Rage. Lifetime movie. Sorry, I just went back there just by you saying Child of Rage. <laughs> anyway. Happy to help. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Mary. Um, um, so, uh, Jujube in the challenge. Again, the the book is what made me nervous. Yeah, I was real, and she was when I was really surprised because I thought, oh, this is kind of like you. I expect you to be, yeah, much smoother at this. Yeah, I, and the punchline with Michelle Visage, resentfully, I just wasn't. I was like, that was the punchline. Yeah, I mean, there was such a setup, and for it to be the last joke, it it didn't really hit uh, as hard as I was expecting it to. Yeah, um, oh, I think you know, I think where like the where she really kind of nailed it was like i wish i had one blonde joke but she's sitting over there and i thought that mm. flowed and worked really well um you know where she nailed it for me mm-hmm. oh my god i hope you noticed this moment they were in the workroom and she's wearing that blue wig and she's uh, looking at at cracker and she goes cut the pickle cut the pickle baby mm-hmm. and then she cuts it tickle tickle i that, uh, i want that on loop <laughs> Yeah, that was a very that was like a very pure moment, as the kids would say. So yeah, it was great. Oh, God, I love her. Overall, this episode felt like it was what? What's the word I'm looking for? Like it was mechanical. Like it was we had to walk through this. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, mechanic. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. It was kind of a um, by the by the book um, kind of episode. Um, Expected. By, yeah, by the notebook, if you will. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it didn't really – for a for like a like you know semifinal episode of the season, it was um, yeah, it was kind. Of, it didn't feel very big, you know. Like it was actually a, a fairly straightforward episode. There were no goops within the episode. Um, I mean, what would have gagged me is if they actually had their stand up be longer, like that we got to actually see their tight five. We saw their tight ninety. Yeah, that's true. I I would have liked to. I mean, some of them I would not have liked to see more. That's but true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It it just it felt like it felt like an episode that was like that would not be a top four. It felt like this is like an episode that would happen maybe like three episodes into the season. You know. Mm. Um, I I definitely want to get to the lip sync, but I do want to just mention. Um, did you notice in the workroom when the queens started working on their jokes, the Home Alone music? No. Oh, Mary. Da, it da, is. Da, da, uh-huh. Da. 
Da, na, na. Yeah, it was very Home Alone music. Oh, it was great. Oh. Um, Maybe I did kind of subconsciously hear that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there was some great Home Alone music. Um, so I. <laughs> tickle, oh, tickle. <laughs> and they also very much confirmed that they they vote in a bathroom because I guess that's where oh. they that's where you do your eliminations. Yes, that's where you do your living. I love that. Uh, so, it, it became this advertisement, though, for poopery. Yeah, it was a poopery advertisement. I was like, oh, yeah. I noticed. I noticed that ad. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> very funny on a gay television show uh, that's geared towards, you know, or features gay men that they're talking about that. But anyway. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, anyway. Uh, talking about another pile of shit. Let's talk about this lip sync. Um, what? 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 I just I'm like I'm shocked you 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 bring back Kennedy GD Davenport you have an opportunity to showcase this queen who is a lip sync assassin and then you're like okay let's press play on Reba McIntyre oh oh Mary let's press let's press play on Reba McIntyre singing about her mother sent yeah. or singing about a mother sending a girl off to become a sex worker. I like, know. Girl, girl, when when a Cracker did a like a cartwheel, I'm like, "No, no, no, no." Yeah. <laughs> not this that. is not a this is not a give a twirl moment. <laughs> it was I like this is like a this is certainly a stand and deliver moment because it's a sad fucking song. Like it was oh. so confusing. Like there were so many elements that were wrong about this. You know, the song yeah. was wrong. They they brought back Kennedy and and they there gave was not. A, I mean, come the fuck on! They gave her a country song. Yeah, she with knew. way too she many must words. Have known. She must have known. Now, I do want to talk about the way too many words. Now, RuPaul did say at the end of it, like a lot of words, huh? Because she could have said meh, right? But it's all stars, so she, mm-hmm. you know she has to be nice. But Mary, compared to other lip syncs, I I went through some just to name a few of other songs. The chorus were at least repeated in this, right? It was it was a two minute lip sync essentially. Cold hearted snake, very hard lip sync. Uh huh. Right, I mean, because of that yeah. very fast verse, right? Yeah. Pound the alarm by Nicki Minaj. Yeah. Also very very difficult. Malambo number one, super very, difficult. Very very difficult. What a man. Yep. Two verses of rap, right? Geronimo mm-hmm. by RuPaul. Yeah. Very hard. Very hard. So I was kind of like, you know what, Cracker? You know what, Kennedy? I understand that there were a lot of words here. Maybe it's because you didn't know the song. I don't know. Maybe because it wasn't a very good lip sync and it was an odd subject to sell. I get all that. But having too many words, I think, is not the excuse I would use. Yeah, I that doesn't that doesn't explain walking around the stage sweeping your coat around like you're just mm. trying to like clean up before company comes. Like it just <laughs> you know, it was like this'll do. Um <laughs> I it was and then like Cracker, I don't I don't know what the hell she did though. I don't think I remember I don't remember anything she did in the lip sync. I don't remember I do anything. and it wasn't it was just a lot of squatting and turning. That's yeah, what it, it was. It it didn't sync up with the song at all. I I have to say that they're like Cracker 
to me is not a queen who's like a lip sync queen. Like that's not a queen that like, oh, that's what I'd go to see her shows for. And the fact that we had a season of three Cracker lip syncs, zero Alexis Mateo lip syncs, one Juju lip sync and she lost. Like it's, it was just like, it was uh, unfortunate that, you know, like compared to say All Stars 3, where Bendela Creme just brings a show to every mm. lip sync. Shangela mm. brings a show mm. to every lip sync, you know? My God. Even All Stars 2, I mean, like Alaska obviously killed all her lip syncs, but Katya brought a show to all her lip syncs, you know? Like it was the lip, I mean, it was so interesting that like we thought, oh, this concept of the lip sync assassin is going to guarantee a great lip sync every week. And then. It was like a season full of crackers. And I was like, oh. Oof. Oof. And she won two out of three of them. Like, Yeah. 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 Insane that she won two out of three. Not because, you know, I have low standards for cracker, but it's just insane that with those songs, right? Like, they, she tied one. Okay. Yeah, so that let's she be tied fair. one with, with Morgan, who's, right. you know, it's just, it was, I, the the term lip sync assassin became more and more ironic as the weeks went on because mm. the only real assassination was Evie Oddly. Agreed. That was the real assassination. I will say that I do believe Kennedy to be a lip sync assassin. I think Kennedy I do too. is fucking phenomenal. I mean, that green light lip sync will go down forever for me mm-hmm. um, by, by Lord. But the uh, you're right. Uh, it's just been so underwhelming because it's, it feels a little rigged in the sense of who they chose. But, you know, I know that's just conspiracy theory and stuff. And I'm just disappointed. Um, there's too many shots of the judges. You know, it's just like, come on, girl. Yeah. But I, and I wonder what the decision making is on the songs. I know there's some songs they can't get for copyright reasons or like it's too expensive. But, you know, at this point, if they're able to get Madonna songs, like they're able to get like a pretty high caliber of music. There has to be something deliberate. Like I always think, especially... As you get closer to the end of something, it's like, well, you know, especially towards the end of a season, like the stakes are at their highest because especially now it's like this is who gets to the finale. And so why why would they save up this this Reba McIntyre song about, you know, sex workers? Well, you know, well, this could have been let's let's be fair. This could have been a very strong lip sync. It could have been if they if they really enhanced the song in some way and listen to the lyrics you know i think that if they had brought in a queen like cameron michaels who Mm. knows this music can like deliver to this kind of music like i think i know that she nobody asked her and and i think i think she was invited to be on the season and didn't want to be um but uh I think certain queens could have certainly have, could have done something with this. I think Morgan McMichaels could have done something with this song. Um, I just think like it would the to me the idea of pairing up the lips the, the assassin with the song makes the stakes even higher. You know, mm-hmm. even if they swapped mm-hmm. out, I mean, if they had Alyssa Edwards, every she would have been the goop of the season. Like I'll have her be the last lip sync assassin and have Kennedy goddamn Davenport doing the neutron dance. Oh yeah! Oh my god! Right. Yeah, Ugh. I don't know how they pick it, and and who knows, who knows, and I, uh, I, just disappointed, and that's okay. It's okay. I still love these queens. Um, I still fucking love Kennedy, goddamn Davenport, but um, it was it was disappointed. You know, yeah, it was disappointing. Yeah. Um, uh. but alas, you know, we we now have our top three, and it looks like next week we're gonna squeeze in a reunion out of drag without RuPaul. So, 
<laughs> We've gone from a Zoom reunion to like, uh, just wear whatever you It doesn't matter. Just come on in. Uh, you know, he, Rue's not going to be here. Just fight amongst yourselves. Like, uh, well, they kind of did that last season, didn't they? Didn't they do I don't, that where they come back and they're all talking? I think that happens, right? All Stars 4. I don't remember All Stars 4. I rem- and re- mm. I- and I remember the and even all All Stars three right was that's the one where Milk was crying around the table. Well, I, that that was the episode where they brought everybody back for the Kitty Girls Girl Group Challenge. Yeah. But then they had the ju- the jury, you know, and so that was kind of the reunion in a way. And they brought all the queens back and drag to vote for the top two. Oh, um, so it was like still a little more dragged up. Where it just it feels like like season two had an actual reunion, had an actual separate reunion. That's uh, true. Yes. And then I this, don't remember. Right. Yeah, I don't remember how All Stars Four worked. That feels like many moons ago. But All Stars Four, they came back for that lip sync battle uh, where that they lip synced. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah, there wasn't. They didn't come back again. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. So it's. I mean, obviously, I'm happy to see them come back and hash things out. But it's just like, oh, this is the reunion. Oh, okay. Like y'all gonna have sandwiches? What are we doing here? Well, yeah. Hopefully, they'll eat those sandwiches like Jimbo. <laughs> oh, take a note from Canada's Drag Race. If you want to know how to eat a sandwich on Drag Race, just ask Jimbo. Uh, well, Mary, before we wrap up, there's, you know, obviously some things that I think will push to nuance. Obviously, that last mm-hmm. little segment with RuPaul, which I want to just pick apart because it gave me life. Um, and then, you know, just some other kind of things that I noticed on this episode. Uh, but if there's anything else, do you want, do you have anything before we end? Well, obviously, I mean, it's our first week without a Best Supporting Alexis, so that's a bummer. But in terms of the BSA of this episode, I guess we'll talk about it in nuance because this week's episode, the BSA is RuPaul for that Agreed. phone moment. Oh, my God, that phone moment. Um, you know, I just want to give a little shout out, and maybe we'll talk about it in nuance. A little shout out to Cracker here, even though she won, and I don't think she's BSA. But I did really kind of love and appreciate her breaking down her her order and how she is setting those queens up. Mm-hmm. I just kind of love that, that she was just like, nope, I'm going to, I'm going to tell everything. Um, it, I think it's worth mentioning that. Uh, yeah. That was, I mean, it was different and cool. I mean, I think you think about like uh, past seasons where queen does the lineup and then like Shangela would love, would always analyze like, you know, lineups and, and why things were done certain ways. And she, Nancy drew of drag it. And so, Cracker, instead of letting all that speculation come out about why she... And granted, there weren't that many queens, you know, to put into an order. But, like, she just laid it all out. Here's exactly what I'm thinking. Here are the shady reasons. Here are the genuine reasons. There's nothing to speculate in the talking heads about. I'm telling you up front what it is. I, it's a, it's certainly a, a thoughtful way of, of making some television. Yeah, I guess we don't need to go too much more into it. I just found it... I. I think her being so open with the manipulation and the calculation, it it reminds us that this is a competition. And so if you try to please everyone, you'll please no one, right? And so I feel like if the fandom was going to try to come for Cracker, she kind of beat them to the punch. She's like, yeah, that's exactly what I was doing. Yes, mm-hmm. I did want Jujubee to fail. Yes, I put Shay last because I wanted a lot of pressure on Shay. Like, I... I think that's the way to do it is to be like, yep, this is a competition. Yes, this is a competition. This is what I'm doing. Oh, I want to fuck you guys up, right? Because that's what sisters do. Mm-hmm. I just love that. I thought that was really smart. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it was, uh, it did. It beat people to the punch. Uh, and 
you know, and it wasn't even shady. Like, it was just like, well, I mean, it's kind of an underhanded compliment to Jujubee, you know? Yeah. And not for nothing, I would totally want to go first. Ugh, of course. You don't yeah. want to go second. You do not want to go second. You want to go first. Yes. Yeah, I don't, I guess so. I, I, I see the value in it. I think, uh, yeah, I'd probably want to go first. Um, just so that I'm not just, especially if somebody else does really well, that would throw me off my game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And waiting. Oh my God. Watching somebody else do really. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or even bombing. I mean, Cracker did it. She picked it up. She had to pick it up after what Blair did. Yeah. There, There is the downside of if someone bombs before you, then you have to like retrieve that audience and get them back, you know, very quickly into the mood to laugh. Yeah. I also thought, you know, Blair's joke of, oh, well, she tried. I've heard that joke before, right? Yeah. You know, like, we've heard mm-hmm. that before in Rose. It, it wasn't, you know, and then uh, there was another joke that I feel like we've heard before. Uh, maybe it was something that Shay said. But, um, yeah, I uh, this episode was fine. I wish that I was a little bit more jovial about it, but uh, I you know, know I, I, I was I, really disappointed. <laughs> I was too. I was just really not that into it, to be honest. I think the one I'm thinking of with Shay was like, it's like when somebody says, you know, uh, you know, I'm Shay, Miss Kool-Aid, if you're nasty. I think the bl- the Miss Blank, if you're nasty, is uh, kind of oh. like, I, I've heard that a lot. Like, I've, oh, I've heard that played that a lot. Yeah. Yes. And I also heard Blair at the end stole what Shay Kool-Aid did in her roast, which is like, my name is Blair St. Clair. And if you didn't like me, my name is Derek Berry. Yes. It's like, we heard that. We heard Shay do I've heard, that. Yes, I've heard that before. Um, also, just as a final note, I feel like there is a there is a a, a note to note comparison of Blair St. Clair in this challenge and Pheromone in the roast. I think Pheromone is somehow more iconically bad, but oh. there are similar like when Pheromone sighs, <sighs> like it reminded me of when Blair turned the page. I'm just kidding. It was like she turned oh. the page to get to the punchline. I was like, oh, oh God. My God, oh, God, somebody oh God. save you. Somebody <laughs> save you. There's a child in the water. <laughs> what? There's a child in the water. <laughs> somebody save her. Oh, God. Somebody, somebody. <laughs> somebody, somebody. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, well, I do hope the best for Blair. I know she just came out with a song. I hope that all of her fans love it. Um, I think that she, you know, came on the show. She did what she needed to do. She's kind of showing that she's growing. Which I think is great. I will say this. My last note on Blair St. Clair so that y'all don't think that I'm this awful, awful person. Um, Blair St. Clair is going to find out so much more in the next, you know, three to five years. She is go- She is already a great queen. And I think that in, in three to five years, it's going to be like, oh, Blair St. Clair. She's killing it still. Yeah. That cat will be fine. She's got nine lives. On that note, Marys, we're going to leave it there. If you have any thoughts on RuPaul's Drag Race, All-Stars 5, Comedy Smackdown, you can reach out to us on Twitter at AllRightMary. You can find us on the web at www.AllRightMary.com or tasteofreality.com slash AllRight-Mary. You can find us on Twitter at AllRight... Nope, I already said that one. You can find us uh, via email at allrightmarypodcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram at Johnny Also or Twitter at Johnny Also One. And you can hear more of me on In the Details, a celebration of nuance or Best Supporting Podcast, a celebration of Best Supporting Actresses, 
Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Colin Drucker and Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And of course, you can get access to uh, Nuance and Canada's Drag Race and a shit ton of other content, of other content, of more content, uh, by going to patreon.com slash allrightmary. Uh, we'd love you for that. Excellent. And Mary, do you want to talk about what we're doing on All Right Mary for All Stars in response to the Black Lives Matter movement? Yes. So, of course, every week of All Stars 5, we are highlighting an organization that we are donating a portion of portion of our Patreon proceeds to and are recommending you check out and potentially donate to as well. Um, and so this week we are um, keeping it a little closer to home in terms of drag race and we are donating a portion of our proceeds to one Miss Chichi Devane, who of course is in the hospital right now with kidney failure and um, potential kidney failure. I think I don't want to misdiagnose, but she's not, you know, she's not at her at her peak right now. And so we certainly want to help support her as she heals, recovers, gets back on her feet and pays those bills. Yeah, so we're going to leave the links to her Venmo, her Cash App, and her PayPal in the comment, or in the description, rather, uh, if you want to uh, help and support Chi-Chi Devane. We absolutely love her. I don't know if you remember this, Mary, but I have two Drag Race dolls. I have two. My one that I am always parading around like a peacock or a phoenix is TKB, but the other one is Chi-Chi Devane. Yeah, and Chi-Chi is a cat queen. She's 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 got mm -hmm. cats. She has cats yep. at home. Eartha and Kit. So mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. Yeah. um, how could we not love Chi-Chi? Oh, heartbreaking to hear. There's so much that you know is going on in this world, and we understand. But like this was this is this is close to home. This is sad, and I want to yeah. help. Yeah. So um, if you have uh, any any room in your wallet, Mary, you know, throw some money towards uh, Chi-Chi Devane's as Avian Davenport. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, just brings us to our last chance lip sync. Oh, Mary, you set this one up. This one's a great find. Oh, sure. So this is, I mean, it's it, it would be certainly a bit more of a duet, but uh, that would be fine. Um, but this is the duck joke from the musical My Favorite Year, uh, which, uh, of course, features uh, Andrea Martin in her Tony Award winning performance. Um, it's great. I mean, if I were, this is like if I were to lip sync to a song, if I were to do drag, I would absolutely do the Andrea Martin portion of this song. Oh, okay. If you could pick another famous drag queen to do the other part, who would it be? Well, you know, I actually think if we're going to, if we, if we, cast i feel like actually to leave it on a nice note blair could play the other one and mm. cracker could play the andrea martin role oh i love that excellent <laughs> so use use that imagery if you're not familiar with the song imagine those two queens doing this all right well quack quack here's the yeah. duck joke <laughs> yeah so uh honk honk we'll see a nuance come here the only completely unfunny people in the world are professional accordion players. And me. You're funny. When have I been funny? Well, I'm sure you could be funny. How? You could tell a joke. Oh, no. Yes, of course you can. Anybody can tell a joke. Mm, not me. Yes, and I'm going to teach you. I'm going to tell you a joke, and then you're going to tell it back to me. Okay? Okay. 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 Here's the joke. 
This guy walks into a psychiatrist's office with a duck on his head. Psychiatrist says, can I help you? The duck says, yeah, get this guy off my ass. The duck talks? Hmm? Yeah, yeah, the duck talks. A talking duck? Mm-hmm. A talking duck. All right now. You tell it back to me. A man Hold was... it. This guy is better than a man, okay? Okay. And you're doing fine. Yeah. Use your hands. Go ahead. This guy walks into a doctor's office. Psychiatrist. Right. Sorry. I got it. This guy walks into a psychiatrist's office wearing a duck. Whoa! Wearing a duck? No, he has a duck on his head. I told you. I threw you off. Go ahead. This guy walks into a psychiatrist's office with a duck on his head. The guy says to the psychiatrist, can you help me? I have a talking duck on my head. Oh. <laughs> What's this for? Accordion lessons!